Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fiction, a podcast that dives into the stories of people's lives, everyday people like you and me, or even famous people throughout history. But we want to get you, the listener, involved as well. So if you have stories, things that have happened to you, amazing things, hilarious things, random things, whatever it may be, send your stories to thetrueandthefictional at gmail.com. So until then, we're going to dive into some of the interesting true stories from modern history and beyond. So strap in, it's story time. Hello and welcome. I'm welcome. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Try new things out. Um, while I think of it or remember it, something that happened in America that's just random. There was a there was a traffic jam, and this guy was on a bridge, and he just decided to pull out his fishing gear and have a fish. Nice. As you look, that's where most people are getting angry and screaming profanities. This guy's just like, you know what? I'm going fishing. <laughs> and just that, that, see, that's as that guy is the Keanu Reeves of guys in, in, um, in traffic jams, the Zen, the yeah. Zen, you know, he's screaming, I'm going fishing. Everyone else is like, ah, yeah, beep, beep, beep. yeah, and he's like, you know, I'm going fishing. That was just a random fact. Do you want to tell us about today's topic, Ryan? Yes, I shall. So today we're sticking with the movie uh, theme. Now, this one is about historically inaccurate movies, uh, the, the most 15 to be precise. So these are 15 movies that were based on a true story, again, air quotes, a true story mm. or event um, that weren't very accurate because I think we found out a while ago that you, to use the word based on a true story, it only has to be 14% true. Yeah. To be able to claim that it's based on a true story or based on real events. But um, I'll start it off with number 15, Shakespeare in Love from 1998. The best, this one, best picture at the Oscars too. Uh, it stars Joseph Fiennes as a young bloke Shakespeare with writer's block who meets his dream girl and is thusly motivated to write one of his most famous plays. While the story is is not one draped in the historical accuracy, the background and setting draw the eye to inaccuracies that stand out. The characters drink out of modern beer glasses, and the Queen attends a play publicly, and any play she would have seen would have been performed in her own court. Uh, Which is, imagine that. I want to play! Come! (laughs) All of a sudden... Uh, and and to that, theatres would have been closed anyway in the dying days of the bubonic plague outbreak, and you've got yourself a fairly impossible scenario. The film creates an alternate universe where Shakespeare's inspiration for Romeo and Juliet mirrors his own experience in forbidden love. Luckily, the screenwriter Mark Norman never pretended the film was rooted in fact, but a liberal take on the life of the most famous writer in history undoubtedly misled numerous viewers into thinking Shakespeare was essentially a run-of-the-mill starving artist at one stage, just like countless others. Yeah. Um, there's three words in relation to this being not accurate that spring to mind. I don't care. It's not your film. It's not really my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, um, 
not going to be crying to not jumping on the internet to go, dear sir, this was not in, this was not accurate. But yeah, look, oh. I'm sure not, there's not, some. Not a lot there. of people cry about accuracies anymore. No. Oh well, yeah. I, have you I do, comic book fan? <laughs> and you too. What was the movie we watched recently? I think you and you leant over and you said uh, it was uh, Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> hey, that would never happen. <laughs> what? No, I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say that's not historically accurate. I'm going Aquaman. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Look. I, I'm not one of the... I love comics. I've been reading comics for yeah. 35 years. I'm not one of those people that goes, oh, that wasn't correct in the comic. In the comics, you oh, have well, six figures instead no, of five. That's that's different. Yes. Like, if Give me a group, I don't care. If you're basing something on a historical fact and then yes. you're like... You know, it's what like the whole—it's like the whole Viking helmet thing. Like all these Vikings wearing the, you know, the spiky helmets, and they never did. Okay. Now, now you're gonna have, have you're gonna have kids growing up believing that, and they're gonna be like, "I am a historian in this movie. <laughs> it depicted them wearing spiky hats, therefore they wore spiky hats." The amount of streaming services and uh, television babysitters we have in this world—that's gonna happen anyway. Yeah. So the historians in 50 years will be like, from the archives of Netflix, state <laughs> Vikings wore horny hats, not spiked hats. <laughs> Philosopher James A. Wan said that Aquaman could swim from the water to the desert in mere moments. See, that's what it's going to be like. You heard it here, people. <laughs> <laughs> We're predicting oh. this. Although, you, can I just divert for one second? I am at work known as Nostradamus. Because yeah. yesterday, yesterday, in the words of Ryan Damas, I didn't want to talk to a customer. I needed more time to get my information. He was cranky. He sent me an email saying, can you please call me to discuss why you're not covering my fridge that is filled with cockroaches? <laughs> sure. Uh, our phones are down. They weren't. Our phones are down. Uh, I'll give you a call as soon as I came up. Go to the toilet, come back. Boss says, Ryan, the phones are down. I'm like, what? Are you joking? Have you had a call? And he's like, no, the phones have gone down. And I just looked at uh, my mate Bill at work. He sits across from me. He's like, you're Nostradamus. <laughs> and the phones are down for four and a half hours <laughs> because I said so. So well, then can you just can you do all of Sydney a favour and just say, oh, the lockdown's ended. <laughs> Uh, no, because I'm actually enjoying not going outside and playing video games and watching movies all day, so nope. <laughs> well, can you do it tomorrow? <laughs> uh, no, because then I might have to actually get out and I don't have to pick up Stephanie, my ex-wife, now housemate, from up the coast if there's a lockdown. <laughs> so if I want another weekend to myself, Gladdy, help a brother out. I hate this you. Is one podcast she listens to too, and she'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna come back." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I'm sorry. Enough thousand new cases. <laughs> we're we're starting to be a bit like my favorite comedian Ross Noble and get a bit off topic. So, I'll let you. The next one is I don't care about this one. I love this movie. It goes for three hours and forty minutes, and I watch it at least once every six months. Love it. Jamie, take it away. The Little Mermaid. No, um. <laughs> yes, Ariel is real. Um, 
JFK, 1991. Director Oliver Stone has an obvious love for making historical films. And this thriller tracks a New Orleans district attorney played by Kevin Costner. I love Kevin Costner. <clears throat> yes. He's not, he's not baseball in this movie. He's supposed to be playing baseball. No, it's not. that's Field of Dreams. <laughs> no, it's and, and The Natural. And, oh. and The Perfect Game. I, th- I, think, I think he's in at least 18 baseball-themed movies. He's famous in this movie for one line. Back and to the left. <laughs> that is oh, the most impersonated like line when he's talking about when JFK got shot. Um, the direction they were trying to disprove the I'm massive JSK conspiracy nut. They were trying to disprove the the lone gunman by saying that with a shot that JFK supposedly took in the back of the head caused him to fall back and to the left, but he does it in such a bad southern accent. Yeah, it sounds like foghorn leghorn back and to the left. (laughs) It's really funny, Um, but anyway, yes, great. Well, this. Um, film convincingly merges truth and conspiracy, putting a weight behind the popularization of JFK conspiracies in the years of since his assassination. Mm-hmm. The conspiracy used in JFK was based on the 1967 spoof, The Case of Jim Garrison, which was revealed to be false in 1972. In the film, key witnesses Perry Russo is shown freely giving his testimony, though in reality he was drugged before his testimony. A vital scene in the movie is David Ferry's breakdown and confession, though that has been proven to be a figment of the director's imagination. Ferry has always maintained his innocence. Uh, Stone's thriller even managed to strongly imply that Lyndon B. Johnson, Kennedy's successor in the White House, was a driving force behind the assassination, though very little evidence exists to support that claim. (coughs) True. Sorry, I said something in my throat. <laughs> that, honestly, if that is... I know it's a long movie. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Have you ever seen it, Jamie? No, I haven't. Fantastic movie. Um, as I said, it goes for a long time, but it covers it covers a long period of time too. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. So, such a good movie. Uh, Kevin Costner, amazing, but it's you. It's got a, it's got a really good cast. When you watch it, you go, oh yeah, that guy, oh that guy, yeah. that guy, that guy. It's, I'm like that anyway. Yeah, check check it out. Seriously, it's amazing. That brings us to another amazing movie. Are you not entertained? Russell Crowe's Gladiator. Axelmus. Axelmus. <laughs> the king of whisper acting. Him and Sam Worthington need to have a whisper acting off. So I think they're they're amazing. But another Best Picture winner that was a bit light on the facts, apparently. Gladiator is an epic historical drama directed by Ridley Scott, starring Russell Crowe as the fictional Roman general Maximus Decimus Meridius. Um, uh, Maximus is betrayed and falls from general to slave, where he gains widespread respect fighting as a gladiator. While several historians were hired to consult on the film's historical accuracy, it's interesting to note that one left because of changes to the script. Some of the characters directly around Maximus are real historical figures, though mm-hmm. facts have been blurred. In the film, Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius, now he was played by Joaquin Phoenix, I believe. Yep. That was, yep, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, is killed by his son, Commodus, though in reality he died of chickenpox. Um, oh, no, Rust, uh, Joaquin was his son. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. 
Regarding Joaquin Phoenix sniveling incestuous and creepy portrayal of Commodus, historical records indicate that he was nothing like this and that he was a well-liked ruler for over a decade. He didn't fight in show combat, but was never murdered in the arena. In fact, he was strangled in the bath by his wrestling partner, lover, Narcissus. And I, we would have paid to see that spin-off movie. So, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Narcissus. <laughs> I'm putting it in now. Uh, but again, I love this movie. Are, uh, are, you, I watched. Yeah? are you stereotyping The Rock? Is Oh, someone said wrestling. Get The Rock. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, Fast and the Furious. If if he needs if he needs if you need a hard ass DA DA agent that can drive a car good, The Rock. If you need a superhero um, called Black Adam or any superhero really, The Rock. If you need a wrestler, The Rock. If you need an actor, The Rock. Yeah. Done. You just need an all round nice guy, The Rock. <laughs> the Rock, yeah, he's such a nice guy. Not that I've met him, I wish. That would be my dying wish you if ever I was... get his, I don't even know if the app's available anymore, but he had a thing called the Rock Clock. <laughs> and the Rock would wake you up in the morning, whatever you wanted to be motivated for. Like, you can do it, You're man. You should get out of bed right now. No, I, I, I think he was more calm about it. Because when you wake up, you don't want to be like, get out of bed! You're just like, you know, it's like, come on, man, get up. <laughs> I'm going to check it out. I'm going to have a look for that. Yeah, the, the rock uh, clock. The rock clock. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, do you want to tell us about the next one? U571 came out in 2000. I've never seen this film, and uh, quite frankly, this is the first time I'm going to be uh, learning about it. But in this... Episode, it's got Bon Jovi in it. What? Really? Yes. Is it his life? No. <laughs> It's a movie about a, a submarine war. <laughs> <laughs> it's John Bon Jovi's biopic called U571. <laughs> it's now or never. Um, in this turn of the century war film, a German submarine is commandeered by... I'm sorry, I just can't stop. <laughs> Sounds like a Bon Jovi biopic. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. A German submarine is commandeered by disguised American submariners as they attempt to capture the Enigma cipher machine, U-571. It's so, apparently so inaccurate. Uh, UK Prime Minister Tony Blair labelled it an affront to the real sailors. The film is based on the real story of Operation Primrose, where the U-110... U110, whatever you want to call it, was captured, not the U571. There were no Americans involved, as the operation was undertaken by the British before the US had even entered the war. Wow, that's 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 as inaccurate as you can possibly get. Americans did it. You weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> Director Jonathan Mosthaus' uh, film gives the American squad credit for capturing the Enigma machine and helping crack uh, the encrypted Nazi messages. None you know, of these Americans... None you know, of these... America! America! None of these Americans actually had anything to do with the codes being broken. It was a joint effort between Polish and British mathematicians in a faraway office. An honourable mention goes to this movie for starring John Bon Jovi. He gets shot 
over the side and goes out in quite a blaze of glory. I'm going to say that the whole idea of the film came from John Bon Jovi getting shot over in the okay, blaze right. of glory. Okay, shoot Bon Jovi over the side of a submarine. Write well, me a like, story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have this old script called U571, but it was written by an Englishman. Um, Ain't <laughs> you <do> American? <laughs> Uh, well, the next one is a film I have not seen. Um, no, sorry? Nor I. Yeah, okay, so we can't really comment, but if you have, send us an email at... The true and the fictional at gmail.com. I actually remember the email address now, but it's so much easier to make Jamie work for it. So, okay, this one's called... I think it was this was a Mel Gibson directed or produced one. I'm not 100% sure, but it's called Apocalypto. Yeah, directed uh, by the man. Yeah, so 20, uh, 2006, this one came out. Set in the Mayan kingdom in the face of its demise, the rulers insist the key to survival is to build more temples and offer human sacrifice. Jaguarpur, Rudy Youngblood, one of the young men captured for the sacrifice, runs away to avoid his death. The use of real ancient Mayan language throughout director Mel Gibson's film gives the film a true sense of authenticity, one that isn't mirrored by its historical accuracy. Uh, the Mayans in the film were portrayed as radical savages, which was more akin to the Aztecs. The Mayans were a reasonably peaceful people. Mayans also rarely performed any human sacrifice. If they did, it was against treacherous elites, never common folk. Additionally, the movie ends with the arrival of the Spaniards, which didn't actually happen in Mexico until around 400 years after the Mayan collapse. Mm. Now, I think this movie is completely in ancient Mayan. Um, it's not in English, it's subtitled. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. So, uh, yeah, but I can't say I've seen it. Um, I also wasn't around at the time of the Mayan demise, so I can't really comment on its accuracy either. Nor, nor they. Um, so, if you have any opinions on this or, you know, know a bit more than what we do, which is in this movie is a lot, um, send, send us an email, email to <laughs> the true and the fictional at gmail.com. Wow, that's because I just practiced Jamie's voice in the shower and at home, the intro that he writes. So, hello and welcome. Anyway, Jamie, tell us about Gerard Butler. An, uh, Gerard Butler, the <laughs> Scotsman. Hey. 300. 2006. I love 2006, yeah. Zack Snyder's breakout. This was his breakout hit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Definitely was. Oh, wow. Stuff. Um, it's an adaption of Frank Miller's 1998 comic book series. Trivia. Who is, what, what comic is Frank Miller most famous for writing? Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan just left. <laughs> The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah, no. That's that. Frank Miller. And The Punisher and Sin City. Yeah. Continue. Well, okay. He also wrote a comic book called uh, 300, <laughs> which itself is a fictionalized retelling of the Battle of Thermoplay. Absolutely well pronounced. Well done, Jamie. Really? Yeah. Cool. I'm not going to try it again. Um, <laughs> the Battle is Death. Definitely, definitely, 
one of the most one-sided efforts in recorded history, though not quite on the scale the film would lead you to believe. The 300 Spartans were unable to match their enemy and formed an alliance with other Greek city-states, pushing their ranks to around 7,000. And while their attire revealed chiseled abs that looked great on camera and served as a source of inspiration for Halloween costumes of fraternity um, brothers national-wide that year, the Spartans would have worn actual would have worn actual armor instead of the glorified loincloths featured in the film. But you can't show off your abs with glorified uh, with uh, full battle armor. No. You you can after you've fought, you know, but yeah. Um the Persian Empire were also represented inaccurately in the film. Xerxes certainly wasn't a weird bald giant with a deep voice and an um permanent <laughs> appearance. And the Persian Empire actually prohibited slavery because of their Zoroastrian beliefs. Sorry. <laughs> in fact, the Spartans were on were one of the largest owners of slaves in Greece. Another odd inclusion in the Spartans teasing the Athenians for being boy lovers when Spartans themselves weren't all that shy about their pedestry. They like little boys. Different I mean, time. <laughs> a different time, definitely. Wow. Uh, I just remember it being a good movie. Uh, um, watch. Yeah, I think uh, David Wenham got his start in that movie. Oh, uh, Australian actor David Wenham. Yeah, but he was. I don't know when. Um, Van I'm talking Helsing about. Did so. when what? Van Helsing. Because he was in Van Helsing. Oh, he was too, wasn't he? He was uh, Harker. I'm just a fry. Yes, that's right. Yes. Uh, oh, that, that's due for a rewatch too, I think. I haven't seen that for years. It doesn't hold up. Really? No. I love that movie. So did I. The uh, last time I watched it would have been like probably six or seven years ago, and even I was going, this is like uh, almost, yeah. Well, he, well, next movie is another one I haven't seen. Have you seen it, Jamie? I did once upon a time. Okay. Uh, no, the movie's called 10,000 BC, not Once Upon a Time. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, it came out in 20, uh, 2008. This is Roland em- Emmerich, directed prehistoric epics, follows Dali, a young mammoth hunter, through his journey to ensure the safety of his tribe. This is far and away the worst film on this list and one of the worst ever efforts from the Independence Day Helmer, though that wouldn't likely have been saved by a more accurate depiction of prehistoric life. Wow. Uh, 10,000 BC's astounding choice to have woolly mammoths living in the desert was one thing, but then making them help create the pyramids was an extra level of madness. Mm-hmm. Never mind the fact that the pyramids weren't constructed until about 8,000 years later. Uh, the tools used by prehistoric man was also historically inaccurate. The film was supposedly set in the Mesolithic Age, and use of metal of any kind didn't take place for at least another 6,000 years. Thankfully for our moviegoers, Emmerich appeared to be returning to his blow-everything-up roots this this summer with the new Independence Day movie, and by the looks of things, he's done a a bang-up job. Wow. (laughs) Definitely don't want to see this movie now. Yeah, well, it wasn't that great, to be honest. No? Um, I might skip the next one, because I really don't feel like talking about Mary Antoinette. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, look at number seven. Oh, good movie. The Last Samurai. 
Yes, Ghost of Toshima. With the actor. <laughs> with the actor that can't do accents. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize the last samurai was an American, but that, hey, look, Tom Cruise. No, 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 no. Like, I'm just saying, like, he did another movie where he played a Germ- German soldier, uh, mm. Valkyrie or whatever. And yes. It's like, everyone's German, and he's like, hi, yeah, I'm German. <laughs> <laughs> like the old, um,. Musketeer movies with um oh yeah with Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie yeah, Sheen it was legit pick an accent yeah some of them were English so Charlie Sheen didn't even bother he was just American yeah. but yeah. Kiefer Sutherland sort of had that twinge of an Englishman yeah Chris O'Donnell was American yeah and, oh man <laughs> it's just like game. <laughs> all right Tom Cruise stars as Nathan Algren in an American military advisor hired by the Japanese after being Captured in battle. While Japan did hire foreign military advisors, they never once hired an American, as their advisors were mostly French. While one can forgive the change of origin for the military advisor, it is doubtful a retired Civil War veteran would become a master samurai at all, let alone in such a short period of time. Many shots of the film see Algren helping teach the Japanese how to shoot muskets, when at the time most Japanese men were already adept at shooting <laughs> repeating rifles. Yeah, they'd been shooting M15s and, and AK-47s for years. <laughs> um, samurai thought in this period to stay atop the social classes, though in the last samurai they are portrayed as noblemen fighting for the greater cause. Ken Watanabe's character is based on the real-life Saigo Takamori, who committed ritual suicide or seppuku and did so in defeat not while being shot at by a Gatlin gunfire. While Cruise's film is highly entertaining effort, if you'd find yourself desiring a more accurate depiction of late 1800 Japan, check out the 1980 miniseries Shogun. Well, first of all, Ken Watanabe, uh, royalty, he's been pretty much, if you need a token Japanese guy, um, he's he was a guy from Godzilla, who sacrificed his life in Godzilla King of the Movies. He's been in so many movies, such a good actor. Uh, look, I enjoyed yeah. it, but I think I watched it at a time where I wasn't overly familiar yeah. with yeah. Samurai Times. I mean, it came out, what, in 2003? I think it was one, one of the first movies I actually watched uh, on DVD um, back then. It was – I love it. I think it's a good movie. I – yeah, I'm not one to go in for historical accuracy, but now after reading that, I'm like, okay, I still like the movie, but it's good to know. And if you if you want to see something really funny in the film, um, there's a bit where an extra gets kicked in the nuts with a horse. <laughs> They're all lined up. The horse comes in. The guy jumps off the horse, and you see the leg go up, and the extra goes. <laughs> <laughs> so oh man! I must tell you, the next movie is my favourite war movie by far. I don't like many war movies, but this one is one of my favourites. It's another Mel Gibson one. It is The Patriot, which came out in 2000 um, about the American Civil War. This portrayal of American Revolution follows Benjamin Martin, Mel Gibson, in his second appearance on our list as he leads the colonial militia after his son. I think that was Heath Ledger, wasn't it? Yep. Or was it another one of his sons? Maybe another son. Yeah, um, uh, was murdered by a British officer. The film is more akin to American patriot propaganda, particularly in the unfair representation of the British soldiers, whose depiction is reminiscent of the Nazis in World War II. 
This mm. is most prevalent in the scene where the soldier burns the elderly women and children to death inside a church. Jason Isaac's evil British colonel was based on the historical figure, Colonel Tartan, and there is no evidence that he ever broke the rules of engagement, let alone by shooting a child in cold blood. While Gibson's character is a sympathetic father in The Patriot, it is historically recorded that the man on which the character was based, Francis the Swamp Fox Marion, that sounds like a wrestling name and a half, (laughs) Francis the Swamp Fox Marion, uh, hunted Native Americans for sport and raped his female slaves. Uh, He also didn't have his children until after the war where he married his cousin. Uh, while watching this movie, definitely keep in mind that it's almost entirely a work of fiction, albeit the entertaining fiction. No fact typifies the inaccuracy in this movie quite like the final battle at Guildford Courthouse where Martin defeats his nemesis. In reality, the Americans lost that skirmish. Mm. So, great movie. Now, I don't know that about the protagonist. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, 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 I don't think it ruins the film. It doesn't. But you, just, you just need to know that it's not that accurate. No, of course, because it was more America. But yeah. The one, the one, the, the inaccurate film that hurt me the most was Patch Adams with Robin Williams. Okay, I love that movie. I I did too, and then I found out that there was no love interest. Really? Yeah, they just went here's a love interest, and then she died. The she was murdered. She died the exact the exact same way as one of his good friends died. So they, they instead of putting his good friend in, so that did happen, but it just they had to make it a love interest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's. So she, she was a fictional character. Because I remember that movie being like really really entertaining, and then it just got really dark when yeah. she was kidnapped and murdered. It was, it was a great film, but now I can't watch it again because of that. Really? Can't get past like, it. I can't. I just, I don't know why. It's just like. Feels like a little bit disrespectful to the guy, you know? No, I totally, totally get it. Like it's just, I'm uh, Robin Williams is another guy that I will watch pretty much anything he's in. Uh, grew up on watching his movies, obviously the Genie yeah. from Aladdin, Bicentennial Man, Flubber, you name it. Like I, I love it. And Patch Adams is one of my favorites because it was, a, I think he was his four, first foray into the more dramatic role. Yeah. yeah. And then he did movies like One Hour Photo, which I don't know if you've seen. It's, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's just, it's horror. Robin Williams doing horror. Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah, no, he's, he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. And, you know, the, I, I will definitely, I might have to go back and give that a watch and see if it affects me. I haven't watched it for a while. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's, why, though? Why couldn't they just have made it his friend? It's because it's what Hollywood, Hollywood do. It's not like they've made up a situation in terms of, like, his friend yeah. was killed and murdered. Yeah. yeah. But uh, fucking sorry, pardon me. Hollywood, you can cut that out. Um, Hollywood just like they, the story still would have been amazing yeah. and yeah. impactful if they just made it his friend. Yeah, you know what I mean. So anyway, okay, uh, you are taking the next one, my friend. Alexander. Oh, uh, don't I don't think I've seen this one. Oh, you may have. Like it's. Yeah. Who who's the the actor? Who is the actor? Is it, isn't it Colin? Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah. I'm trying to zoom in. Could be. I don't know. Anyway, oh, tell me about Alexander. Make me want to watch it. 
this epic about Alexander the Great's conquest of the world has been met with controversy since its release, including a threatened lawsuit against director Oliver Stone, another repeater offender on this list, and Warner Brothers. For the film's inaccurate, inaccurate portrayal of history, one of the lawyers involved in the case, Yanis Van, Van Arkus, said that the production company should make it clear to the audience that this film is pure fiction. Critical scrutiny from historians comes from the fact that the movie is more of a reduction and compression of Alexander's life events rather than an accurate biopic of the man's achievements. The filmmakers condense several of the several of his key life events into smaller ones, and some of his actions are even attributed to different individuals from those in history. The majority of actions and milestones depicted did, in fact, occur, though in different times and locations. For example, three major battles. The Battle of Granicus, the Battle of Issus, and the Battle of Guagamela are all merged into one. It is immensely difficult to piece together the proceedings of Alexander's life due to the inconsistencies of historical records, so much so that there have been four director's cuts since the film's release to try and fix the issue. Wow. I don't have any interest in seeing it. <laughs> no. uh, I, don't know. I don't know if you can see we're at about 35 minutes. Do you want to just power through the last four? Um, yeah, I'll skip a few. Yeah, we may as well. Oh, how about we just do two more? Yep. I'll do this one, and I know Very which fine. one you're going to pick. Okay. Okay, so uh, another Mel Gibson one. Number four, Braveheart, 1995. Director star Mel Gibson's third appearance on the list, Braveheart follows William Wallace, a 13th century Scottish warrior who begins a revolt against King Edward I of England. The film dramatises a lot, and the timeline is heavily altered, as real-life historical figures' ages simply don't line up. Historians have taken issues with the film's battle scenes as well, as the film depicts armies haphazardly running into the enemy rather than actual tactical warfare. The famous kilts, which made the Scottish and stand out against their English opponents, also being worn about 300 years too early. The biggest inaccuracy is Wallace's romantic interest. In the film, Wallace seduces King Edward II's wife, Isabella of France, and the resulting child was Edward III. According to history books, Isabella was just three years old at the Battle of Falkirk, mm. and Edward III wasn't born until seven years after Wallace's death. The timelines really don't seem to add up. To add icing on the cake, remember the Battle of Stirling Bridge depicted in the film? Didn't feature a bridge in real life. <laughs> can, I, can I make a confession? Yep. Never seen it. Really? Never seen Braveheart. I've seen it. A few times. Never seen it. Obviously, I know a lot about it, but I've never and seen it. Was, it. In, in my younger days, oh, yes. when we used to hang out all the time with yeah. me and my mates and Chris and Mike, um, it'd get to like 11.30 at night, and like, let's show another movie. And Chris would always pick the longest film. This is one. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a Chris thing to do. Let's watch Braveheart. If we don't watch Marvel, let's watch the extended edition of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would still stay awake for that. Yeah. Um, might skim over because I watched Argo and I really liked Argo. I haven't seen it yet. Good. Um, it is a good film. Apparently, yeah, it's not very accurate. Though, okay. 
Ben Affleck did a phenomenal job of creating like image, like you'd see the photos from it, yeah, and he would recreate that photo. Because he directed it as well, didn't he? Yeah, he's a brilliant director. Great, I might have to check that out. It's on the list. Yeah, Pearl Harbor. Um, saw it once. Don't know if I made it the whole way through. Look, Midway's a better historically oh, yeah. accurate movie of that time. Yeah, but the but the one I'll visit the most just because. You know, Disney. <laughs> and again, Mel Gibson Mel. again. Um, wow. Good old Mel. <laughs> wow. So he did Pocahontas at the same time he did Braveheart. Oh, wow. There you go. Um, it's a Disney classic. Pocahontas tells the story of an English soldier and the daughter of an Algonquin chief as they become romantically involved when the English colonists invade Virginia in the 17th century. These inaccuracies seem a bit strange when talking about a beloved children's movie, but there are plenty of them to speak of. In the film, Pocahontas and John Smith are both adults, though history records records that Pocahontas was roughly 10 years old at the time Smith arrived. Ooh. Well, you know, Disney always take dark stories, make them floppy. Um, Moreover, Smith's story of a child rescuing him from being killed by her tribe may not even be true, as evidence of the incident is scarce. What historians do know is that the romantic ending is starkly contrasted by the real life of Pocahontas, who was married off to another man renamed Rebecca and converted to Christianity before dying at the ripe old age of 22. Uh, we're not so sure the ending would have sat that very well with kids. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, so Disney like to do that a lot, don't they? Mm, yes. Well, you heard about the new Snow White, how they're not going to do the kiss because it's non-consensual. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's just being woke, you know. So. Yeah, and that that's a whole other topic and a whole other podcast. And we would probably shoot straight to the top of the charts if we started getting controversial. <laughs> and then we both get cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're white middle-aged men. <laughs> Not that we're cancelable. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so that's uh, – sorry we had to cut that take two of them out. The other two were, as we said, Pearl Harbor and Argo. Uh, yep. We'll post a link to the show notes um, yep. of the, um, the the list so you can check it out and have a read. But if you do have any other comments or questions or stories, please send us an email to – The true and the fictional at gmail.com. There you go. And we shall see you next time. So yeah. <laughs>